The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a super duper episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 689, and I'm Story White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, True Cult Coffee, T R V E K V L T Coffee.com, brings this episode to you, like all our episodes. And not only do they bring this episode, these purveyors of coffee are also fine metal fans. So when you subscribe, you don't just get coffee, you get great metal music. And if you're a band checking this out, and you're like, man, how can I get in on this? I would like Mm -hmm. to promote my music with True Cult Coffee. They have an open call out right now. They're looking for press kits, band camp links, whatever you got. So head on over to truecultcoffee.com, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com, subscribe, hit the email list. Um, I think there's a link on the Instagram, which is at trve.kvlt.coffee um, mm-hmm. for the submissions and things, but there's probably one on the website because it normally takes you right to the website. So go out there, check that out, and yeah, like that's as metal as it gets. So Snowman, how was um, walking uphill to work and back both ways <laughs> last night. That's that's definitely yeah. That's something much much to my chagrin. Like it, it makes no never mind to anyone listening to this now because the episode goes up every Friday morning. But what we generally do to kind of pull the curtain back a bit is we like to record the previous Friday night. Well, I had one comedy of errors trying to get home in time for us to sit down and do this particular episode now. But it was just one thing after another. There was a blizzard here in in Winnipeg, and the, the cabs were holding me up, and the um, just everything at work was, was holding me up, and I'm getting angry. I'm getting frustrated. I got to get out of there, and I got to sit down, and we got to get, you know, let, let's, it's Friday night. Let's go and do something fun, which is pouring some jacks. In my Motorhead mug and um, and talking metal and all the goodness that goes along 
with this great program, but it was just one thing after another, and it was just too late by the time I finally got my shit together. And you're absolutely right. When you said uphill both ways, eight feet of snow, <laughs> right. because I ended up walking the whole hour home in Winnipeg winter just just, just to try to get here. But uh, like I said, listeners this really doesn't affect them <laughs> at all it's just it's just a good a good weight event and we know that our light our listeners are always there for us lending an ear lending a shoulder so but we're not going to dwell on that too long because it's now the following day saturday afternoon as we're doing this that's not deterring me from pouring a couple lemmies here on the way home i did manage to hit the liquor store and I grabbed some Jack, okay? But they were all out of just the regular kind. I couldn't believe it, really. Like every every type of bottle, they were all out except the special Tennessee honey. Flavor. Oh, how is that? I've been wanting to try that. It. I'm enjoying that a lot. I'd actually, when a uh, good friend of the show, Dustin Maruka, Ducky and I, when couple years ago, remember when we went out to the Quebec Death Fest? Yes. We were running around the liquor stores there, getting supplies for the festival, shall we say. And we that was the first time we discovered it. It's like, well, this is new. We don't have this in Manitoba yet. Here, let's, let, let's try it. And at the time, I was kind of like, eh, okay, this really isn't, you know, okay. It's, it's good enough. It's nothing to get excited about. But now, now that I'm trying it again, yeah, okay, it's actually pretty good. Now that your palate's um, matured, I guess so. Maybe, maybe just hanging out with you now and all of your your wisdom about liquor and all that, which you're definitely up on me because, like I said, probably a couple episodes ago, I'm just a Jack and beer guy. You know, I'm I'm easy to please. You know, so, but you're, you seem to be the connoisseur and just, just. I still don't know if I go quite that far, but you're one up on me. Yeah. I'm definitely trying to find stuff that I really enjoy the taste of. Ah, well, you know what? I'm going to fully recommend this. It's really good stuff. I'll give that a shot. Well, I think, I think, you know, I lived in Tennessee for a year and about (laughs) 45 minutes from the Jack Daniels plant. Right. Right. And in that year. Um, I, I took the tour enough that I could have given it (laughs) like complete with the local accent. Like I, I really, I, it was a great place to go on the weekends and I think I liked it because Tennessee is notoriously flat and straight. Like, you know, go, go straight, then hang a perfectly, um, you know, right angled left or right and now go straight some more. (laughs) <laughs> and to get to the Jack Daniels plant, like you're winding through country roads and up and down hills. And, you know, so that that was my drive when I was homesick. And um, I was just fascinated with the history of the whiskey, the things they do, the work it takes to make it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe this honey thing sounds like something fun. Yeah. So um, the way to the Jack Daniels plant, you know, winds through all these country roads. There's foliage. Like, it was a great place to go in the fall, like all the colors and things. And so I just really enjoyed going down there. So I, I would go there most weekends because it was a oh, wow. nice thing to do and it was free, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that, that seems like a nice place to visit. There's actually things in Tennessee I would want to see, okay? Um, 
just being a, a pro wrestling fan, I think it's still it's still a thing like within that state, sort of bigger than than other places. And that's something I would want to see as well. It's just with that. Okay, you would be with us. Miss, Mrs. Snowy would would be with us. And now getting me out of the plant. <laughs> okay, well, that, that that might prove difficult. The good news is it's a dry county, and they can't um, serve or sell alcohol there. Mm. Oh, that's ironic. Yeah. Right. Well, and and there's there's a whole story about it. Like they talk about that, and um, Jack Daniel had to go and. I guess he went in front of Congress and was able to convince them that, like, okay, can I at least be allowed to brew it? Ah. Um, because they weren't going to let them do anything because there are some sort of rules if you only have so many people, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, they've also, after years and years and years and years and years, gotten permission to sell special bottles, like something that's that's unique, a commemorative bottle, a limited run, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's really funny that you cannot buy or sell uh, Jack Daniels <laughs> down there, you know, and they can't serve it. It's it's uh, it's really funny, yeah. Uh, well, like I said, I'm I'm enjoying this now. Normally, it would probably be a smarter idea to have a have a cup of true cobalts going with this blizzard outside and the cold wind blowing and all that good stuff. But we're going to make do before we kind of get on with this week's mandatory metal segment and i definitely got a i definitely got a banger here uh picked out for sure um just a couple things we might want to throw out there and share with our listeners starting with um it was announced april 23rd always a big day every year for you and i here on this show but record store day and back to normal this year, like a single day yeah. in April. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. Now, they've already put out this big laundry list of a lot of cool stuff that um, that I've definitely got my eyes on. And as we get a little bit closer, you know, to the date, we'll sit down for a discussion and just, just go over the list together. We'll get our listeners to, to go to the website at that moment as, you know, as they're listening. And then we'll just will enjoy what we're going to pick up together looking forward to it it's it's it, it's always a good time the record store day the family comes out with me last year our good buddy ducky came out with me as well so looking forward to it today as we speak february 19th very very well not not necessarily infamous but a lot kind of happened um first of all today in 1980 we lost bon scott had oh crap away. that's right yeah yeah it's hard to believe like just how that's <clears throat> 40 years yeah <laughs> you know and it it just doesn't seem that long ago like yeah like brian johnson's been in acdc for a hell of a long time now but has it been 40 years holy jeez maybe more like 20 but oh no no night and today in 1980 as well on this day different different years i'm pretty sure but the music world gave us 
two of the all-time greats. Happy birthday to Mr. Tony Iommi, the man who invented heavy metal, was born today as well. We want to say happy birthday, horns up, and a big shout-out to Radioactive Metal alum. Mr. Claudio Simonetti was born on this day as well, of course, wow. of, of Goblin. Thing. Oh, yeah. You know, good, great guy. We we had him on the show, hanging out with him after Goblin's show here in these parts was just an absolutely amazing experience. And I got him on Facebook as well. So I always like to, I always like to give him a shout out. Come that time, that's about it for radioactive metal house cleaning. Let's get into tonight's uh, mandatory metal courtesy of the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. Available now, courtesy of Dark Descent Records, the new, the latest malignant altar. Realms of exquisite morbidity is um, really tearing it up in the underground. So we're going to get that out there for everyone. This is Malignant Altar with Belial Rebirth.
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Oh, yeah, dude, what you got? Dude, so I feel like metal-wise, I haven't done much. Um, I did, thanks to an Instagram video that Scott and his son Revel posted, um, I ended up going through the Sepultura catalog a little bit. Mm-hmm. And spending some time with Chaos AD, because I realize I've never really spent time with that record. Okay. Um, I've always been a Roots guy, but... Even Roots was one of those albums I didn't get into until the early to mid-2000s. Okay. Like somewhere right in there. Like I was definitely late to that party. But um, have you seen the videos of Scott and Revel like rocking out? Like Scott's playing guitar, obviously, but Revel's a heck of a drummer already. No, I haven't. Yeah. like, And I'm sitting there, I'm watching this kid play. I'm like, whoa. And I'm looking at the kit and the setup. I'm like... You know, Uncle Charlie was like, okay, Scott, here's what you need to get him. <laughs> you know, like I'm looking at just how professional that kit looks. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that that's somebody who, ha- who has an uncle that happens to be a great drummer. <laughs> yeah. 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 You kind of, yeah, just the off the, the, the family members that you could tell. Okay, that were kind of pulled towards what their father or uncle or their aunt or yeah. or or whatever. Yeah, they they have that certain exuberance about them when they get behind their instrument because it just it was a part of the family and something they grew up with. Yeah, and it's super cool to see. So I was doing that, and then you want to hear something interesting? Oh, okay, I'm always up for that. So, um, guess who's back on Spotify? Uh, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and say Neil Young. Yes, him and Joni Mitchell. (laughs) And notice we haven't heard a word about it because Joe Rogan's also still on Spotify. Um, But it's it's interesting that they took Neil and Joni's music down and then it just quietly got out of back. Nobody's talked about that. No, no, because, like, obviously not. I've never even heard this. Well, and, and it's funny to me because they're like, no, you're not, I'm not going to have my music there. Well, we're still spreading misinformation. Take him down. It's Joe or Neil. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to your guns there, Neil. <laughs> Way to go. Is, is that, I can't believe that's still sort of a thing, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of funny. So it's funny. And it's funny to me that they quietly came back up. Cause I'm like, well, Joe's still there. They're not going to put his music back up. And- oh no, no. They're paying too much for have to have Rogan on. And it's like yeah. right, right behind radioactive metal. It's the number one podcast in the world. Yeah. So. Right, right behind us. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, we can honestly yeah. say we did it first. We were one of the original podcasters actually. So, Hey, at least we've got that. Well, so I did want to mention this, though, because it, um, you know how when like a sitcom or a TV show of some sort does well in one country and then, you know, maybe only runs for like, let's say four seasons Mm -hmm. and then another country will pick it up and put their own spin on it. Right. Well, apparently that's what Canada decided to do um, after we got rid of Trump, right? (laughs) Uh, what, what is going on up there, dude? With with Trudeau's kid, our 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 prime minister. Yeah, it's a uh, hell of a mess up here. And I'm uh, watching some of this stuff unfold. I'm like, whoa, is this how snowy felt for four years? This is yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
you guys, ever since the Capitol Hill bullshit kind of had its time and all that, America, yeah. I guess, has been somewhat quiet. And now the far right up here is kind of taking the take taking the ball and run with it and trudeau is not doing anything about it and in case anyone is wondering exactly what's going on and it's just not something that i talk about because it's not that i'm i'm on the fence about it like i obviously have strong opinions about what's going on but there was a covid mandate passed that um in order for truckers, long haul truckers and all that, that for their, their living, in order to cross the U.S. border back and forth, they're insisting on, man, on mandatory va- vaccination. Okay, I'm vaxxed, my family's vaxxed, you know, I'm, that, that's good for what we did. I'm a firm believer in my body, my choice. You know, when it comes to women's re, when it comes to women's reproductive rights, because I'm pro-choice, obviously. Um, so I can't be a hypocrite and be anti-anti-vax. You know, you do what's right for you. So I'm not totally on board with this idea. Okay, but but this is this is how I'm. This is why I'm not really behind the 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 trucker convoy and then the protests outside of our legislature which is going on right now and outside of parliament hill in ottawa this is why i'm not lending my support i'm in the trucking industry okay like like professionally this doesn't pay the bills right yet yet (laughs) yeah that's right that that's right so we actually have to have jobs i'm in the trucking industry i know and i know joe average the joe average trucker mentality okay and it's far right okay which that's fine okay but um okay and if this is if if this is what you believe that's that that that's fine but what i'm what what i'm saying is if you're a metalhead a punk if you believe in a woman's right to choose if you have friends that are gay lesbian trans bi maybe you might want to rethink about where you're throwing your support with this because this 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 convoy and these protests is all about their individual issue and i totally i'm 100 percent behind their right to protest okay i've i've been on many many protests and marches and just what i what i think is due to do what's right and they can these individuals though uh, I know what they're like, and I'm generalizing, yes, but so here's I've, the best I've, part. I've known, and uh, sorry, I've known yeah. enough of them that I can honestly say, okay, Joe Average Trucker, okay, are will not be behind you if you're a metalhead, if you're a woman, if you are gay, lesbian, bi, trans. So that's why I'm not behind them but it, it it's actually been fun for for a guy like me where i'm standing i'm standing back and watching the shit show just like i did 
when <laughs> when the four years in Trump's in Trump's office, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I I never I never even like I'm not I'm very I've been very quiet about this on Facebook, and mean meanwhile my timeline has just lit up with people on on the far on the far right and all that and I want to sit down and I've stood there a couple times at at my keyboard ready to explain to women people that have friends that are homosexual and people from the scene, why you may not want to get behind this. But I just stop and I say, no, I'm not feeding into the drama. And then I go and I post something fun. Like it's just, yeah. you know, cause I just, the old cranky old man, snowy doesn't really exist just yet. Unless it's <laughs> normies that are irritating. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, this isn't irritating me enough yeah honestly i when i woke up this morning i never thought we were going to be discussing this well yeah and i think i've been able to do this to you twice now (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was and if it wasn't for that one meme that happened the other day i'm just like what is going on up in canada yeah yeah it's so maybe this is an indication that it's not making worldwide news well, uh, at any great, at any great level, it's it, it's definitely been making some news, but it's definitely staying out of the mainstream because the mainstream doesn't want to talk about it because, um, all of a sudden, like all the places that were really really strict about masks are magically lifting everything. Mm-hmm. Well, midterm elections are coming up, and the state of the union's coming up. Okay. So it's one of those things where all of a sudden, magically, everything's better. Just suddenly. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And because, you know, we want to have a good say of the year. Oh, look, we fixed COVID. We did this. Oh, we know how to live. Like, they're, they're going to change the tune. You know, it's just like, like the mask mandate. Like, you have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. Um, and then if you try to say, well, but these masks really don't work. They only reduce it by 10 or 20%. No, no, ban you from Facebook. How dare you spread misinformation? Well, guess what's come out? The only mask that works is an N95 mask, like people were saying in the beginning. <laughs> but you couldn't talk about that because the mainstream media didn't want you to talk about it. So mm-hmm. um, I think there's a lot of things that are being shut down. I definitely see what you're saying about... Um, <sighs> You know, about, about like, you know, do you want to support the far right? But you shouldn't ask, do you want to support the far right? You should ask, do you want to support what's right? You right. Know? Oh, and, for and, sure. Yeah, and that's the thing <laughs> is like, why, like yeah. you're right. But, but then we also have to be ready when, you know, if we stand up and for what's right and we still need to be ready to call them out, you know, if they revert and be like, no, you blah blah blah, whatever. Get back to your place, or you know what, whatever happens next, because we know what t- type of rhetoric goes on. We need to be like, well, no. Remember when we all supported you? It's the same thing. Like, and and that's that's what what people are missing. People, it, it's everything's become so hyper personalized that mm-hmm. nobody's looking at it like, no, this is the right thing to do, right? We have to support people's right to choose because. Uh, like you said, very eloquently with my body, my choice. I'm like, yeah, like, I I believe in that. I'm Catholic. We're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, that's why you and I are such you know, good friends because we're 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 
we we have a lot in common, but we have stuff that we're not so much in common with, but we can still, yeah, you know, we're, you know, yeah. and that's 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 the way it should be. Just because you disagree on a few issues, it doesn't mean, you know, you can't be buds for life. Well, exactly right, but I mean, we honestly we agree on most things. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, but so you want to hear something interesting? J- just. With, with vaccines and stuff in general okay. um when the smallpox vaccine started because I, like i i found this podcast that i wanted to listen to because of um the history of spam and i mean the canned meat right because i'm a huge fan of spam whole other story oh i used to oh, i used to eat that all the time oh dude it's I, just it's so bad for you and i would love a spam sandwich right now it, oh. well and and that's why when i i keep a can of spam light in the cupboard at all times so there's at least less salt um <laughs> most guys hide their liquor their drugs <laughs> their porn <laughs> I know. Not not you, you animal. You got you got that can of spam in the back of the shelf. <laughs> I always try to keep keep one or two, so, so just for 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 those days, I'm like, oh, I need a spam sandwich because I'm like you, dude. And I don't know if you ever grew up with baked spam, like where you like score it and put the cloves in and you, you mix up the stuff. Like, oh yeah. But anyway, um, so listening to that, I found this other thing where they're talking about somebody that went to the Supreme Court for a vaccination case. And this is, you know, back during the smallpox era, early, you know, like 1900s, turn of the century kind of stuff. And um, long story short, the guy lost. And everybody said, well, yeah, he should have lost because he's for the greater good. And then this journalist, because the journalist was doing a really good, good job at just presenting facts, like not presenting personal opinion, just saying, okay, well, um, here's how that case was used. They used that, that case was cited in another Supreme Court case, and I can't remember the name of that case, but I, I remember actually studying this in school, where it was a, um, a forced sterilization case. Holy jeez. Yeah, and they're like, well, no, like we've already set precedent with this vaccination. If we can force for the greater good, this, this forced sterilization is for the greater good. And she, she was like reading some of, some of the... Um, like what the the person who was arguing the forced sterilization who won, yeah, um, you know, was saying. I'm just like, holy cow! And it, what's terrifying is that's a hundred some years ago, and people are still talking like that guy. In a hundred years, we can't make progress. That terrifies me. Mm-hmm. That terrifies me. You know. So I don't know what it's going to take for us to all come together and just be like, yeah, yeah, okay, you're different, but that's cool. I either, you know, can accept it or we just don't have to hang out, but I don't need to kill you, beat you, whatever. Yeah, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into Facebook arguments with anyone. (laughs) Talk about screaming at a wall. Oh, yes. Like this just, oh, and I see that. I see that. I see, I'll see someone posting like on my Facebook timeline something about the convoy or pro or con, and then you see how many comments there are, and it's like 50, 100, and it's like, okay, someone's just – people are just arguing about this, well, and I'm, I'm just going to keep scrolling. Some people just need that release. They enjoy trouble. 
Like you ever, you ever yeah. meet, meet somebody who tells you they have anxiety and like, Oh, I suffer from anxiety. But then they're also the biggest asshole you've ever met. And because they're always trying to stir up other people. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. cause that's how they get their anxiety out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, or that's, that's their idea of a good time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stir, yeah. Stir the show. Oh, oh, like I've, I've worked with people like that where yeah. they've, they've manipulated two people, whether they knew it or not, into getting into arguments at work, yep. and then they they just kind of sit back and, and watch and, it because they love and, it. Yeah, and I I, I, I can't handle that. I yeah. just like especially if I if I know both the people well and consider you know I'm being friendly with both. Yeah, who wants to see that shit? No, what, I know. What is, what's I know. wrong with people? Yeah. So the good news is we'll put this to bed, and hopefully you know. We won't have anything else crazy to, to talk about next week. But coming well, up. I'm sure something will come up. I know. Well, so um, when when this episode drops, um, the very next day, um, my son and I are going to the annual Comics Expo here. Woohoo! Right on. Yeah. So uh, definitely um, when we record next time, I'll have a lot of fun stuff to talk about because we, we look forward to that every year. Excellent. Excellent. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when our next Comic Con or anything like that will be happening, but I'm always looking. I'm always looking forward to it. Anything else? I, no, like I said, unfortunately, not a lot of musical stuff this week. Okay. I'm trying though. Like I, I've been making music, but just yeah. You know, ah, that's been a whole whole different thing though. Okay, know. well, when that's up and ready to rock, you got to tell me all about it and give me a listen and. And all, all that, all that great stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Like I keep thinking that you and I should sit down to write a song. That yeah, we probably should. Like, like, yeah. like write the theme song, and because like what I've been learning to do, I've been taking this drum course, and the little bit that I've learned, I, my drums are sounding better. I'm like, oh, I bet I can make some killer like blast beats now and make stuff that sounds real. So I'm like, yeah, Snowy, and I need to talk about this, but. I Sounds digress. Like That's really all I got. What do you got going on? Sounds Hopefully like something fun. more fun than I got. Well, with myself, I had last last week, right after we recorded the last episode, I hit the record shops. And I had just about the most interesting times I've ever gone record shopping, Okay. My first stop, big shout out to the good folks at Planet of Sound here in Winnipeg. It's a really cool secondhand music and and DVD shop, but they do have a really cool um, selection of new vinyl as well. Rock on. Okay. They have behind the counter on the racks on, on the wall, they have like these really special releases with the with with the rare stuff, the stuff that instead of costing maybe twenty bucks secondhand, something a little more. Okay, as I was grabbing, I found a um, a Uriah Heap album. The, Ooh, which the one? look at look the look at yourself, the one with um with the quasi mirror on the cover. Okay. You know, like, you know, look at yourself and all that. I grabbed that. I took it up to the counter. As I'm having a chat with, with the with the good folks there, which I normally do whenever I'm in a record shop, I got to stop and talk and talk music and just everything because you're in a record shop. It's a social event as well. 
I looked up on the walls and I stopped everything. And I said, is that the Anvil Bitch album on vinyl up there? I see. And Anvil Bitch was, but the mid 80s, they really only had their one debut album, Rise to Offend. Okay. But I remember them from the magazines and all that. And it's just like, it was a band that kind of caught my attention. I just, I never saw the record up here before. Clerk turned around, not going to use his name. Yeah. Okay. On, on, on the air, but he turned around. He, he took it off the wall. He showed it to me was $70. Wow. I said, Oh, I really, really want this, but I just, I can't, I can't drop $70 on one record right now. He said, you know what I'm going to do? Because you got so excited about this record and I love it when people get excited for records and all that, I'm going to knock off 20 bucks. Oh, no way. So that got me thinking, okay, you know what? I really, I really appreciate that. Let's do it. Let's do it. And <laughs> so, so yeah, I still paid kind of a heavy, heavy price for, for, for this record, but it's just not every day that you find an Anvil bitch record. <laughs> okay. oh, and definitely we, we, not. we were kind of joke. We we're kind of joking around, you, you know, how, how people today, okay just don't have enough anvil bitch in their life. I woke up yeah. that day and I thought, you know what? There's a, there, there's a lack of anvil bitch in my life. <laughs> so That's I'm amazing, gonna dude. To, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to pick up that record. No, no, no. It was absolutely fantastic. I went out of that. I was just beaming. I was just beaming. I ran to the, I ran just down the road. My wife and daughter were at the, uh, at, at our comic shop that we go as well. And I'm all excited about this record and all that. They saw how excited I was and just, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just a moment I'm just never going to forget. Okay, and you just, like I've said, you just don't get experiences like that from a digital download. You don't. You know, I went from there, okay, and I had to catch up with my buddy Ducky and our good friend Ninja Cat Phil. Okay, we kind of had to have a little small meeting because coming up in March... Phil and his beautiful fiance are going to be getting married. Rock your on. cool, your, yeah, your cool Uncle Snowy is going to be a groomsman for it as well. So I, I don't know. As the month of March is winding down, I don't know. We might not actually be able to do an episode that week because it's going to be a kind of a hell of a weekend. We'll kind of see what's going on, but we decided, okay, we're going to meet at the old gold vinyl shop okay another really cool record shop shout out and horns up to them as well i had to go down there anyways because i saw a uh, a video a youtube a uh, facebook video that they posted about some of the records that they were getting in and two of them were from budgie unfortunately we had just lost Burke, Burke Shelley a, uh, a couple years ago and of course 
are the younger fans will know probably who Budgie is through, you know, that the fact that Metallica were big fans of them and covered bread fan and, and all that. Meanwhile, some of us old, older timers, you know, kind of no, no Budgie as that cool 70s, somewhat prog rock band. Well, they had the best of Budgie and the Bandolier album. Yoink, mine. I will take those. As we were leaving the shop, okay, our, my good buddy Ducky, he goes into his bag, okay, and he produces this seven-inch single okay it's a it's a split sing, it's a it's it's a split grindcore single with uh winnipeg's archigathis okay. and soil of ignorance on the on on the b-side okay cool i guess i guess he found this ep secondhand or he bought it at some point and he's just kind of giving it a listen to now because it's actually about 12 years old now okay he gave me this see this 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 single and said you know what i think you are destined to have this well why is that um well because you're on it no what <laughs> what? what do you what do you mean like i have some archigathis yeah said like i know this band they're 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 from winnipeg but I don't think of them as a local band because they've toured the world. They've put out albums and EPs on, on, on reputable labels all over the world, okay? Um, but I didn't have this particular one. And I'm like, okay, what do you mean I'm on it? Yeah, um, you're kind of the intro on the Archigathis side. What? <laughs> he, 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 goes, he goes in... He goes into his phone, ironically there, yeah. and he finds a YouTube video, and then he plays it. There's an excerpt of me doing a band interview where I bring up the band uh, Athosicles, okay? Because first song, side one of the Archigathis side, is the song, Hey, hey Agothicles, because what those two what those two bands did is Archigathis wrote that song, Agathosceles, I say that different every time. They wrote a song called Hey Archigathis. Wow. <laughs> so they felt, you know, okay, since he would mention the band, that would make a great intro. So now I'm absolutely floored. What? And you didn't know? I had no idea. For the last 12 years, I didn't know that I was immortalized on vinyl now. Wow. It's been out that long and you had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It just goes Mm -hmm. to show just how how many awesome, you know, like seven inch grindcore, how much awesome music is out there. I mean, it would have been nice. If someone from Archigathis just sent me an email and said, "Hey, by the way, Snowy, we uh, we sampled you for the latest single," and and I would have played it a long time ago, I would have pushed. Oh my the, goodness, yeah, the, yeah, you know, we would have been all over it because it's obviously radioactive metal, you know. But the thing is, I don't remember interviewing Archigathis though. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm racking my brain. I'm still doing it. When did I talk to them? I've talked to them on a personal level. Oh, that's great, dude. But when, when did I, or did I, was I talking to someone else? Okay, and they heard the conversation, and you know, did they listen to the show? They heard the conversation, and then and then sampled that. And it's like I have no idea. Holy jeez. It's so funny. And it's, the thing is, dude, you've done so many interviews. We've done, yeah. Well, right. when you, so many. Yeah. Yeah. Some sometimes I'm kind of I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, I've know we've had this band on before. Which member did we have on? Okay, and did did we speak to him on the phone, Skype? Was it in person? And just you just get the feeling that at some point, yeah, okay, we've had this band on. So but I'm just trying to think, when the hell did I ever speak to Archigathus? So I guess, great. I guess, yeah, I guess their next rec record, dude, I'm going to have to press, 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 press record and have them on proper. Oh, yeah. I guess. You know, yeah. I'm willing to bet that interview happened one of those nights where it was what where the zoo was where you had like three venues in the same place and you know you'd ha you'd be attending five <laughs> shows in the same evening it, it could very well be i bet that's when it happened it could very well be yeah where i'm doing was doing like three three interviews in one night and trying to figure out when we're going to hit the back alley with the back alley lemmies and all that like that's uh, welcome to snowy's world yeah yeah Dude, have you gotten the Tubi channel? You have a Roku TV, yeah, right? Yeah, and I have Tubi. Yeah, you actually have... because of you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah, and I know we've discussed it. Okay, I don't know if this is available on the American Tubi because apparently there's America and then there's the U.S. and or there's the Canadian and all that. But I've actually, there has been a documentary because Tubi has so many awesome metal, rock, hardcore documentaries and you know they're they're streaming dvds and all that it's just the the selection is amazing you can take my netflix okay don't take my tubi because there's just so much awesome stuff on it the chris holmes mean man documentary was up is up now oh i need to watch that and, and, oh you do you do because i sat down the other night i commandeered the tv and I sat down, and it is absolutely fantastic. And, of course, we're talking Chris Holmes, he of X-Wasp, who is still doing his solo thing. He's actually recording music, you know, and he's got the Mean Man project that he tours with. Our good friend and former co-hostess, Sky, actually had Chris Holmes booked here in Winnipeg last year. COVID bullshit and all that. It never happened. It got rescheduled. But I don't know what's 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 going on now. I got to give her a shout. Because last week I saw that um, they announced he's got quite a struggle ahead of them with, uh, with, with throat cancer. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what... What, what's going on with that? Like, we wish nothing but the best and a speedy recovery 
and hopefully we can get him here and we can I can do a, a an action interview face to face interview with him like we like to do so much to to get us there though um you have to you have to check out this doc this documentary it's just it's basically sort of a day in the life of Chris Holmes plus a variety of um you know where they have talking heads come on and talk about what wasp meant to them and and knowing the guy and just everything about him you know and they had some ex ex wasp members Seth Howland and Johnny Rods spoke to Scott Ian spoke to Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth Bill Matoyer the producer that does a lot of stuff for Metal Blade and I believe he did um the fuck like the beast seven incher that you know oh, that rock on really put wasp on the map yeah. this is this is this is pre pre the full length debut record as well i was so excited and stoked to see uh radioactive metal alum and good friend of the show mr bob nalbandian oh no way yeah yeah they sat him down he had a couple things to talk about wasp because chris holmes is from la bob's from la Okay, I'm sure they've had more than one encounter and one e- evening together. So that was really cool to see Bob. And dude, it really hit hard when uh, when I saw Gina Zamparelli on this doc. It oh, must they, yeah. they must have they must have filmed this right before she she got sick and um, and passed away. And of course, if you're wondering who that is, Gina Zamparelli was this. This um, it was a promoter in the Los Angeles area way back in the day, who we had her on the show. So she's a radioactive metal alum as well. And when she passed away, that really hit us hard, hard around here. So it was it was absolutely so cool to see her on this, and it was just it was just a fantastic doc that it just had some stuff in it and people in it, including his mom. Okay, his mom is still with us. As no the, way. As, as as the filming of that. Wow. Yeah, she was very candid about his appearance in the um, Decline of the Western Civilization segment, that very infamous segment. Oh yeah. You know, which I my heart totally went out when it went out for her. There was there was discussion about that. They discussed his his opinion of Blackie Lawless and a lot of other people's opinions of Blackie Lawless. As well, they uh, they mentioned his marriage to Lita Ford, which I totally forgot about. <laughs> okay, I totally forgot that they were married for a short while. Yeah, and it was way, real way, short. Way, way, way back in the day, yeah. yeah it was like a blink. So, and, I'm um, so glad you brought that up. Which that, that kind of reminds me, she was engaged to Tony Iommi yeah. as well for a while. Um which, being Tony Iommi's birthday, I kind of thought that was kind of a happy accident as yeah. well. Um, well, hey, something sorry. I found interesting here, because um, okay. I, was, I was looking him up while you are talking about him, and I forgot about Lita Ford like you did, but I'm looking at a list of guitars, and they're like listing off all these different things. They're like, oh, Jackson Custom Stars says... Budweiser graphic, reverse strat head, and then just 
nonchalantly smashed by Lita Ford. I'm like, oh, there's a story I need to hear. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to totally. know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, dude, I'm going to write that down. And if Mr. Holmes can get here, you know, that's going to be one of the questions I'm going to ask him. Oh, that'd be great. I think that, yeah, yeah. And, and once again, and I kind of knew this just from talking with Sky and just everything that goes on, on behind the scenes. His wife, okay, just like Gloria Cavalera, just like Wendy Dio, behind every great man there is that awesome woman that's keeping his life in order and keeping you know, everything going in the proper channels and all that. Just like here in Snowy Manor, I'm I'm lost without my missus and all that. So it it was it's really good. It was it was it it was heartwarming in a lot of places and very entertaining. I'm going to totally recommend it. I got a couple cool albums here across my desk available now courtesy of massacre records i'm i think it's the debut um full lengther from embryonic autopsy prophecies of the conjoined this is sort of kind of an the kind of sort of all all all-star band of sorts featuring tim king of oppressor on vocals and mr scott roberts handing a, a variety of instruments he was in otep I thought that was kind of weird. Okay, yeah. two two bands that start with O. Now, now that I think about it, but there's a big difference between Oppressor and Otep. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. But they got together, they created some great music. It's a concept album, kind of dealing with um, Egyptian and Mayan cultures owing a debt to aliens. Shall we say and there's a really cool cool um solos and guest appearance from james murphy from death and obituary testament the james murphy murphy and terence hobbs radioactive metal alum from suffocation he he does a guest appearance on this as well another really cool awesome record let's get into some tunes here there's a a new um trad metal trio here out out of canada called thunder or thunder roar i guess it's kind of you kind of want to say it all at once their debut album fire it up available now this band is two-thirds skull fist and one-third a former member of annihilator this was really really cool stuff uh that's just like like i said it's kind of it's kind of your trad metal by a really cool trio so we're going to get into that but before we do that if you don't mind dude i'm gonna drop a track from the mighty anvil bitch because number one we've never played them on the show before and like i said everyone needs a little anvil bitch in their life (laughs) This is this is the title track <laughs> to that to that long ago but not forgotten debut record Rise to Offend.
well, you know what? I wouldn't consider uh, our grindcore band Putrescent yeah. as much of a local band, really, because they've they've toured the world they've and been around. You know, yeah. they've been around and have put you know a variety of different releases on you know on a variety of different labels and some splits with some really cool bands and they toured who did they support last year agathosceles in europe
That was the aforementioned Thunder Roar, the title track of Fire It Up. Great stuff, great stuff. And before that, uh, I I couldn't help it. I had to play it. I had to drop the Arch Archigathus's Hey Athosicles. Yeah, just just because, just because we're smart asses around here. But you know, it 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 it, it kind of got me thinking, and I've been thinking about this for a while. Between this new discovery and radioactive metal doing interviews has been on at least one documentary that I know of for sure when Misery Signals came through town and they were doing their anniversary documentary. And just as I was about to sit down and speak to one of the band members, a guy with a camera, a video camera, walked in and said, hey, do you mind if we record this for the documentary? Uh, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And all that. And as you may recall, oh, quite a while I'll go now. I don't know if Greg Godowitz, the legendary Canadian hard rocker from Gatto, I don't know if his documentary, who they filmed me interviewing him, I don't know if that doc ever got released or not. I should really look into that. But between these two other things, I'm thinking like, and almost 700 episodes of Radioactive Metal, one of the original podcasts. Dude, I think we need a wiki page. I think I think, or at least at least I do. What do you think? You know what? That's really not a bad idea because I mean, <laughs> anybody can make one. We just have to figure that out. Just got, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of thinking, yeah, yeah, maybe. And I've actually had people over the years. Why don't you write a book? Just with with all your experiences and all that. And I'm just I'm not gonna have nothing too salacious. You know, I, I haven't had girls throwing their underwear at me just because I interview bands and all that. But I think I have a number of interesting stories over the year. And I've kept, I got a stack of notebooks, one for every year and all that. Maybe there's some, some value in the actual written notes to go along with some of these stories. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, dude. You think you should absolutely you think, do that. You think we got a book, a radioactive metal book? Oh. Or just just the idea of, you know, being a podcaster. I'm thinking might make a uh well one of the original at least might make for a pretty good story, a, a pretty good book. Maybe if it's something you to could look write in. a book just about the Winnipeg scene. And and I mean honestly like like you know, for as long as I've been a fan of the show and then now been on the show, you have enough stories from, I mean, I mean, just like think about what we just said about the zoo and, you know, multiple shows going on. on. I'm sure if you said, okay, we're going to look at 2000 to um, 2010, just took it 10 years and thought about it. Oh, yeah. I, I bet there's a lot of stuff, stuff you'd be like, oh yeah, look at this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, like from going to the the all ages punk shows at the various different venues before there was before I could even get into a club, you know, to see the bands playing a bar or whatever. There's there's shows like that, you know, and then now volunteering with Ninja Cat and doing with this show, d doing the show and everything. It's just, I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a book in my brain somewhere. Oh, absolutely. And then think about this. Um, 
you've got um, Chris Jericho, who's a former Winnipegger and current mm-hmm. medalist. That'd be a great person to bring in and talk to. Oh, for sure. You know, like, like yeah, you know. Definitely, definitely. That'd be some fun something stuff. Something to think about. Definitely oh, yeah. something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you... Okay, I feel I've asked you this before, but um, are you? Do you care about the NFL at all? That's a complicated question here, Sonny. <clears throat> so, the short answer is no. The long answer is I am from the Pittsburgh area, and being right. born and raised in Western Pennsylvania, I am genetically predisposed to cheer for the Steelers. Hate the Ravens, hate uh, the Cleveland Browns, and uh, hate the Patriots. Ah. Uh, okay, okay. Um, for myself, like, okay, like, I'm still a sports fan. Yeah. Okay, but when I first discovered sports, I was a huge fan. And I'm talking from as long as I can remember, five, six years old. All the way up until once I started hitting my teens, okay? I was a big fan of every league. Whether it was the NHL, the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, the National Basketball Association and all that. Whatever, soccer, lacrosse. I, I would even watch tennis. Okay, I just... I was a huge sports fan. Once I started getting into my teens, though, and I started developing other interests and and all that, um, I still remained a sports fan, okay? But I had to have some sort of connection to it. Either a team based out of whatever city I was living in at the time, or for major league baseball we had the Toronto Blue Jays which we still have right. and we all we had the Montreal Expos back then so i i continued i continued being a baseball fan unfortunately there was no Toronto Raptors at the time okay so the NBA and the NFL kind of fell off the wayside you know like i was just i just had no connection to it kind of once i was getting into my teens and I had a variety of other things to do. So I'm not really much of an NFL fan, but okay. This year. Okay. And I didn't know until it was announced who the two teams were. I was kind of cheering in spirit. Okay. Because a couple episodes ago, we had talked about the loss of Johnny Z and Howard Hesseman, Dr. Johnny Fever, yeah. from WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay, big fan, still am. Yeah. Okay. When I found out that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl, it's like, uh, the kind of in spirit, I think I got to cheer for Cincy just because of Dr. Fever. Is that stupid or what? No, no, I totally no? get it. I, to- I totally oh, get okay. it. But Cincinnati's close enough to Cleveland because it's still in Ohio, so I have to not root for them. So I was rooting for L.A. the whole time. Ah, but dude, we have we have good friends in the Cleveland area and all that. Ah. Absolutely, 
you know, and <laughs> and I can still like them, but I don't have to like their sports teams. You don't, you don't gotta like the sports teams. You know, okay. and I mean, think about it. L.A. gave us Slayer. L.A. is where Metallica got their start. Um, right. L.A. gave us the Sunset Strip. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, what? Other than the sitcom WKRP, which I don't think really was ever done in Cincinnati. No, it was, ironically, it was shot in L.A. Right. So, <laughs> other than the namesake, L.A. has given us more. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. For <laughs> sure. But there's, there's just kind of, I just. I just had to. I yeah. just have with with the loss of Howard Hesseman and all that. So that was just kind of something I wanted to throw out. When it comes to the Super Bowl, yeah. Okay, for some reason, okay, even more than the game itself, it just from what I've seen, ha- the halftime shows always seem to garner more interest than the than the game itself except for maybe the people in LA because they won okay and they had the big yeah. parade and rah 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 us well same for the okay. commercials but it's just from what i've seen okay uh, it's just like the halftime shows always seem to garner the most interest okay and i think i think that happened this year as well did i lose you no i'm still here Okay, because I kind of had a hiccup. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, keep going. But so, to that point, like, I think that people watch uh, the commercials just as much now. Oh, as well. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, as well. As well. So that's, yeah, that's kind of a racket as well. I noticed this year, though, with the Super Bowl, and it was kind of like the, and a lot of people... We're referring to them as Gen X, and okay, I, I understand that, and all that. But it it was it was kind of this it, this year. It's like they said we're gonna make the Super Bowl the rap year. I, okay, I don't even know who all was there. I, I can kind of see a picture. There was Dr. Dre, yep, okay, Mary J. Blige, yep, Eminem, Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh, he was great. And fifty cents was that all of them? No, I there was one other guy that I didn't know, or what did I? Oh, did, so Kendrick know? Lamar, and he's and he's a newer guy. Oh, okay, that's probably why I didn't know who that. Yeah, hell that, what, and, and yeah, so everybody else was kind of like a throwback, but Kendrick, right. um, dude, Kendrick Lamar, he's he's got some great stuff, man. Like, and he really does a lot more. Um, I think that people give him credit for, but that yeah, yeah that that was that was the lineup. I really dug it. I really enjoyed oh, okay. it. Yeah, because it's just, it's not something that I was going to sit down and watch. Like it just it just it just does nothing, nothing for me. I I could kind of appreciate the idea behind it, the the bringing together of these legendary rap artists and all that. But it it just wasn't something that I was going to take time out of my evening to check out. I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. I imagine the show was done quite well. Oh, my goodness, dude. It was so much fun to watch. The set list they picked was really good, right? 
Um, of course they did like like the the big Dre song that California knows how to party, you know that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and Eminem did "Lose Yourself" and you know like like one of his big ones. Like there's some other Eminem songs I would prefer to hear, but you know I I get it. That's the big one. That's, that's gonna, the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to resonate with everybody. But um, yeah, like the really fun part is. You know, like they had live musicians, and we already know from previous Super Bowls um, that you know nobody's plugged in. You know, it, it's all lip sync; they're faking it all. Okay. Um, and and they they were just having a great time. You know, <laughs> like like it was this multi level, multi room stage. So there's stuff going on on top. There's stuff going on in the rooms, and it was I. It was great. It was. I'm like, what in the world? It was like a Cirque du Soleil show with rap music. It was great, dude. It was a blast. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it was right a lot on. of fun. Did you watch the game at all by any chance? No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Like I said, I was just in spirit. Dude, let me tell you, like that game, one of the most entertaining Super Bowl games ever. It was pretty close. I did see the score. 23-20? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they turned that around the last minute and a half. Like LA was losing until the last minute and a half of the oh, game. It was down wow. to the wire. Though that's heartbreaking for the losing team. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but both it teams happens. played their asses off. I, I well, mean, good. they played hard. It was a great game. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. I'm glad between the game and the halftime show, everyone in the U.S. could kind of forget their problems for a while. You know, with everything going on in in the world, so that that's absolutely fantastic. One of the things I did notice, okay, on the social media, Fifty Cent's guy, okay, yeah, he ended. He there was a lot of criticism online, keyboard warriors, talking about the weight that he put on. Oh yeah. And I'm like, really, people? That's that's what you're that that's what you're getting out of this. And it 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 kind of bothered me. Like that's what people would focus on because metal artists have gone through that. Vince Neil has has put a few pounds on because he's he's pushing sixty now. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like you know people when people get older metabolisms slow down and it's just going to happen that happened with phil ryan from sacred reich i was checking out again former radioactive metal alum great guy had him on the show we'll have him on again love i love love sacred reich seeing a video uh, you know within the last five years of, of them playing live on YouTube and the comments just lit up about the weight that he put on. It's like, people, really? Do you not hear the awesome music the guy is playing? You mentioned Chris Jericho as well. Here's, here's a guy on the other side of 50 now. He's our age. Okay, he's put on a few pounds over the years. Uh, okay, but it's just, he's still he's still in good shape and he's out there you know, wrestling every week. He's, he's he's still doing it. But there was a time, okay, that AEW, the federation that he's now, he's currently in, was being aired on TNT 
right after a basketball game. Okay. And so everyone that was watching basketball caught the first couple minutes of AEW's Dynamite. Chris Jericho was the first guy out, okay, out in into the ring. And apparently social media had just lit up. Oh, my God, that's Jericho. Man, he's so fat now. I remember Jeez. when he was a kid. I remember when I was a kid when I watched wrestling. You know, and now look, you know, he, he didn't look anything like that. And look, he, this is, he's, you know, just, I can't believe, like, really, people? This is what you were going to focus on? It was just, just, can you not enjoy the amazing match, okay, that he put on? Can you not enjoy the awesomeness that is Fozzy? Can you not enjoy 50 cents for what he did on stage that night? Is that what you got to focus on? Come on. Well, see, and that's the thing, right? So if they can still pull it off, I I have nothing to say about it. But back to Vince Neil. Vince Neil can't make it through a song. Uh, yeah. Okay. You need to I'll do some cardio, buddy. Yeah, he's... <laughs> you yeah. Know. Once it starts affecting the performance, it does... It's not It's not affecting Phil Ryan's performance. It's not, certainly not, in, in you know, bothering... Chris Jericho's work rate or his mic ability and all that. So fair enough, fair enough. This whole talk about everything going on with the Super Bowl and the halftime show, it got me thinking there's not a lot of Super Bowl halftime shows that I really I was really that interested in over the years. Okay. So I was thinking, well, how about we share with our listeners this week, while all of the Super Bowl mania is still fresh in everyone's head, some ideas about Super Bowl halftime shows that we might like to see. And, and of course, you saw the little light bulb go on top of my head, and you said, hey, great idea, let's go with it. Now... I kind of wanted to keep this idea within the realm of feasibility. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. As much as we would like to see it, dying fetus, rotting Christ, um, pig destroyer, porno grind, none, none, none of these bands are ever playing the Super Bowl. Like, like, come on, they're just not. As much of a wet dream as that would be for me, okay, yeah, just don't see it happening. But there are a number of artists that are still around, still making music that are over big time, that I think is totally within the realm of feasibility. And so I thought maybe we'll present some of those to our listeners this week. First and foremost, and I honestly believe this is going to happen someday, but it better be within the next couple of years. ACDC would, like, I think it kind of goes without saying, someday they will do a Super Bowl. I'm honestly surprised they haven't. They haven't once you because, said that out loud, I'm like, yeah, wow. Because they're the biggest band in the world. Yeah. Okay, like, even, like, they're, they're still touring stadiums. Okay, every show is a sold-out stadium. They're, they're over now. Sorry for using the wrestling, you know, 
Oh no, I get it. It's all right. Lingo here, yeah. Um, they're more over now than they were in their heyday. You know, it's it's just they're not selling as many records. You know, their new material is definitely not not selling very very much, and all that. They're definitely in a nostalgia act, but I I think that's kind of what the Super Bowl is going is going to go for. And there is just so many songs. Like my mother and mother-in-law know who ACDC is. And they love the songs You Shook Me All Night Long. That's probably the only rock song that my mother-in-law actually likes. Right. <laughs> okay. So they, there's, that, there's definitely that. Okay. And I would actually like to see it. Now, of course, it's going to be... You know, maybe how what? How many songs does a band do? Four or five? Well, it's like a 20, 30 minute show. So I think it depends on what they're doing, right? I mean, right. the, um, man, the, the Super Bowl list, and now I'm looking for like a list of people that have already played it. Um, but I mean, like the set list was pretty long when they, when they did, did the one that they did. I want to say, like eight, nine songs, I think. Oh, okay. Well, with ACDC, like, Angus has to have the big, long solo. So. Well, so, here, here's my thing with, with, with that. Like, if, if they're going to do a Super Bowl halftime show, and we're going to have a band like ACDC, and, and we want, like, the rock show that we do, what they really need to do is have that at a venue somewhere else in the city and make it like a small like club venue and and you know only so many people can get tickets to that kind of thing and then just broadcast it because uh. you know it, it has been well well proven um they're not playing their instruments okay see i you didn't know. even know that but then again like i said i don't i don't see too many of these halftime shows yeah, well, that's why like I'm looking for it. Oh my goodness, eighty-eight Chubby Checker was at the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. I would I would have liked to have seen that one, man. I totally missed that one. Oh, the Blues Brothers and ZZ Top. Okay, I would have been down for that. That was in '97. Huh. Okay. Wow. We gotta pay attention to this. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking we need it like. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. Because, um, like, like the Prince, uh, the one that Prince was on, I love that one. Right. right? Um, the Rolling Stones have already played. Aerosmith has already played. Kid Rock has played. Yeah, I don't remember any of these. Uh, yeah. I, like uh, Now that I'm, like, looking through, I'm like, oh, yeah. Bruce Springsteen already played. Oh, that makes sense. You know, I, I think the most famous one, hang on, would have been um, the Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Oh, right. Okay. That I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 2004. Right. Where the term wardrobe malfunction. Yes. The wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Right. But um, Aerosmith played two Super Bowls before that. Heck, oh, Christina okay. Aguilera's already played the Super Bowl. My goodness. Dude. Okay. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers played the Super Bowl. All right. Okay. Bruce Springsteen played. Slash played in 2011. Oh, <laughs> let's see here. 
Hang on. Okay, now, so the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I remember them playing. All right. That was 2014, because they were the, the ones that I think like really blew up the, hey, we're not playing our instruments anyway, and just kind of totally goofed off. Ah. Um, let's see here. Apparently Lady Gaga played. That's not surprising. This is really interesting here. Hang on. Okay, yeah. So there's actually, yeah, if I I don't even remember them these being announced or anything, yeah. but I I don't know, maybe um once Aerosmith was announced, that's actually something I would have taken. Yeah, and, and that was 2001 was the Aerosmith one. Right? That, that's what's crazy. Uh, okay. As, and I mean, I do remember hearing about the Rolling Stones because um, after the Janet Jackson thing, the next performer was Paul McCartney. So they're like, yeah, we're going to dial this back. Uh, okay. You know, they they didn't want anybody current or hip. <laughs> in any right. way. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, but but I think that's, that's my beef is like, so... I think the nice thing, and man, people are going to hate me for this, but the nice thing about this year's show is that none of these artists are known for having live musicians, right? Right. They're yeah. they're playing to a lot of heavily produced backing tracks, and they actually had like live musicians, you know, playing playing their parts, like you know, fake playing their parts, and mm-hmm. that made it fun. But I mean, their their concerts. I mean, typically, like for a lot of rap artists, you have a great DJ who's spinning your tracks and, you know, doing stuff on the fly and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So at least when these performers were performing, you felt like you were still getting what you get at a live show. Right. You know, like if the Rolling Stones are playing, I'm not getting a Rolling Stones show. I'm not getting, you know, somebody really playing that stuff. Now, I am curious, though, because Prince played. I'm trying okay. to figure out what year Prince played. All right, so Prince played in 2007, and that that man that was a that was a killer show. But yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So like my thing with this is, if we're gonna have these artists, we either need to have artists that are just known as singers, you know, because like if if I see Kiss and play the Super Bowl. I want to see the whole show. I want to see Gene spit blood. I want to see explosions. I want to see all that sort of stuff, you know? Oh, uh-huh. oh my goodness. You know who'd be fantastic for the Super Bowl? That's Guar. what I want to hear. Guar. Uh, <laughs> yes. That, that would traumatize America. Yes. It'd be so amazing. Because, you know, like they bring out like the big shredder and put some football coach through it and just. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. That'd, okay. that'd be a good time. But you know what else I was thinking would be another act that I'd want to see at the uh, Super Bowl? Okay. And I would want to see this um, just to prove how out of touch the NFL is. Okay. And let's see if you're following where I'm going with this. But I would want. Iron Maiden, because Iron Maiden oh, are oh. known huge football fans. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, you thought maybe you were going to try to pull the wool over old man Snow here. Yes. Oh, I know you know. <laughs> they are huge football fans. 
yes. But I think probably enough said about that. Yes. But if we're talking like the corporation running the NFL, hey, I heard these uh, Iron Maiden guys are huge football huge fans. Huge football fans. Let's get yeah. these guys. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I uh, don't know if that would work. They, they could probably play the uh, – the the big soccer tournament, the, oh, World, the Cup. World Cup. Oh, they can absolutely play the World Cup. They definitely, definitely, that definitely be a good choice for that. I I can't think of any reason because everyone knows who Metallica is. Yeah. Hey, and while the Metallica of today really isn't the my Metallica of old, uh, I could actually see. That being pulled off. Now, what would be interesting, though, and they probably there's there would be just no time to do this. Okay, they would they would probably have to, like you said, doing the whole other venue and all that. But it would be really interesting for the viewers, at least. I just don't know time wise, it wouldn't be very feasible. But if they were to do the round thing, I think the last time I saw Metallica was the Saint Anger record. And they were doing the round stage where the stage spun around for 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 every song. And I guess maybe in certain st- stadiums these days, I think that that would at least vi- visually from a fan perspective, that would really work. I don't think time wise. Oh, remember, <clears throat> man, and this is because, again, since I am not even a casual football fan. Where was <clears throat> sorry guys, this great great um thing here. Where so where was oh um there was there was a, wasn't there a Super Bowl that was in San Francisco? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm sure. At, um... Where because didn't Metallica do the night before? Remember that? I- it was probably Candlestick Park, I think. No, I thought. Oh, was it for the World Series and not football? That's how bad I am with my sports. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I actually like baseball, but I'm a Pirates fan, so forgive me. We never get yeah. to the World All Series. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because yeah. there was like a new <laughs> venue or something, and they did this thing the night before concert. Um. Yeah, San Francisco, February 6th. Yeah, it was because the NFL wouldn't let them play the halftime, 2016. Okay. Oh, really? I am remembering I this. That would yeah. change today, though. I think that would change today. I think the NFL would would, would want Metallica now. Yeah, because it was AT&T like My dad Park. even there knows we go. who Metallica is. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they they were called too heavy for halftime, and so um so so they they put on a show at the same place the night before. Ah, uh-huh. well, like, good on, good yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, it was totally f you, because they were because nice they really movie. wanted to do that. Because again, like Metallica, I, everybody else in San Francisco loves them. Like you know, mm-hmm. they they play for the uh, the Giants all the time, right? It's right. All, there's almost I I think it's like a yearly tradition now to have Metallica night for the Giants. <laughs> imagine, you know, imagine how many music fans. Okay. That are Metallica fans now, but discovered them with Sandman. Okay, imagine how many fans in San Francisco, right, are like, 
Oh, yeah, I remember seeing them in the clubs. I went and saw them all the time back then. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, name other one quote-unquote Bay Area band. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's just like when they played here, the Puppets tour right after Cliff Burton passed away, there was maybe like 500 people in the building. I'm sure like 5,000 people over the years have all said, yeah, I was there. Oh, uh, it was there. they were all there. Yeah, for sure. All of them. All for of them. sure. Yeah. With with a healthy Aussie, okay, I could see Sabbath doing the uh, uh, halftime. Honestly, I think Sharon would push for just Aussie. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe a combination of of Ozzy and Sabbath tour tunes and all that. But like like I said, like he's he's having health problems. I don't know how much longer we're going to have Ozzy with us. You are not the first person to say that to me this year. Mm-hmm. I have a friend at yeah. work who's a huge Ozzy fan and she's she's been saying the same thing. She's like, I don't think he's gonna make it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're one of those ghouls that has the the uh Dead Deadpool's and all that. That's probably someone for at least next year to uh, to to go with. Unfor- unfortunately, but I think a healthy Aussie just because because of the Meet the Osborne show, which got them in front of non fans, okay, and made them a house made Aussie a household name. And I I think there's enough people that would want to um, take take that 20 minutes or half hour out of their life. Okay, they might not want to see a full Sabbath or Ozzy concert, but I think the interest would be there just to see him for that half hour. Now, unfortunately, the t- time for that is probably passed. Yeah, <clears throat> but... but it- it's the time has passed for Ozzy, but I think you're right where um, the, the halftime show could handle it. Because <clears throat> play Crazy Train, mm-hmm. play Mama I'm Coming Home, yep. play See You on the Other Side, and I feel like we need one more burner. Right. <clears throat> um, but... I, he's He's got the set where I think enough of America would be like, oh yeah. You know, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, think that would been a good one. I like the idea too of a Sabbath set, okay, with with a healthy Aussie, but but, okay, and I'm sure like this is a very polarizing topic. Some people don't like it, you know, because it's kind of they feel it's kind of disrespectful to the person or whatever, but. With Wendy Dio's blessing, okay, a um, the whole hologram thing. Oh yeah. Okay, to see Ronnie Ronnie James doing the Mob Rules or Heaven and Hell, you know, while Ozzy took a break, you know, Dude. before he comes out with with the last song, because while people mainstream America, Joe and Jane average watching the Super Bowl might probably don't even know who Dio is. Or that he's dead, so nobody even Or that noticed. he's dead or, yeah. or anything. But if you say this is a tribute to this great man who we're going to do this 
there is enough people that would ooh ah yeah over that where I think it would go over big. Dude, I'd be okay with a Ronnie James Dio hologram of Since You've Been Gone with uh, Rainbow. Oh, well, yeah. Like, I, I'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I'd watch that. For sure. Yeah, sure. Just, sure. just yeah. to see that, you know, close to live. And it um, would, it's, yeah. And like I said, there's enough people, you know, that they would be all over that. Just just for, kind of for the novelty as well. Um. For for the more ma- the more mainstream audience, and uh, so, yeah, and they would be able to really recognize this idea and this band. But bring back John Fogarty with CCR Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh yeah, because yeah, for the longest time now. It's been Creedence Clearwater revisited. Once Fogarty said, "You know what? I don't want to tour CCR anymore and all that," yeah. and he's kind of off off doing his own thing. They're kind of the remaining members have kind of moved on without him. Changed it from revival to revisited. You bring F- John Fogarty back. You call it Creedence Clearwater revival again, and you know promise all of the hits quote unquote from back in the day i think that would go over big oh yeah i'm with you that would go over big and it's something i would want to see as well because yeah a lot of people are going to find this hard to believe and all that because they they're kind of a southern band or 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 whatnot but i'm i'm a ccr fan so true story they're not a southern band well yeah, but they 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 definitely have that appeal. It's like it's oh, like, they do, but they're from California, man. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah. Like they, you could probably put them right beside the Skinnerds. Okay. Oh, like, absolutely. The, 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 you know, and they go yeah, geographically maybe not, but musically they would fall in they would fall into that it's like great a band like great white okay not a hair band but you know that's kind of where they fell into and i i just think it would be a fantastic show i think i think the reunion with fogarty and it it would only work with fogarty like if you come out, yeah, this is Cretan's Clearwater Revisited. Oh yeah, nobody else is gonna care. And like, eh, well, you know, maybe I'm gonna go and do this during halftime and all that. So, you got any other ideas? Because I still have a few more here. No, no, keep going, keep going. I got uh, okay, uh, I definitely think okay. Robert Plant, Jimmy Page are still with us. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, uh, and obviously, you know, 1980 was a brutal year. We lost um, John Paul Jones or Jason Bonham. Yeah, uh, John Bonham. You're John. You're... John, John, John yeah. Bonham. Yeah, I said I said Jason because that's his son. <laughs> that's his and son, I was right? Just about to say, okay, a Led Zeppelin with Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, and Jason Bonham on drums, and you know, do a do a number of you know of Led Zeppelin's biggest songs. I think that would work as well. Well, and I think other than John Bonham, everybody else is still alive, right? Mm-hmm. 
I think it's terrible that I don't know that. But oh no, no, I think <clears throat> I think they all are, and of course, Jason is his son, is John Bonham's son, yeah. who's carved out his own career. Oh yeah, in, in Foreigner and all that. He had even had that band Bonham back back in the day. Remember, they came through Winnipeg. They're kind of a hair band, and they were they were supporting the cults on the Sonic Temple. Which is still one of my all-time favorite records. See, this is what I find funny. You call him a hairband. I call him a Zeppelin clone. Uh, yeah, well, it was the same thing with uh, Kingdom Come as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were blatant. That was a blatant Zeppelin wanna, wannabe band. But once again, like they fell into that whole hair thing. Yeah. And that that was their that was their audience, and that's kind of where where Bonham was. I just I just remember. Bonham really not blowing much smoke up my skirt, seeing them live and all that. But I don't know. I would have loved to have seen um, Bonham playing with Foreigner. I think that I think I think that's definitely something that I would have enjoyed. And I think, of course, like we're talking Zep. Like how often? Like I believe how many years ago was it? Now maybe ten. When um, Robert Plant and Jimi Hendrix got together to do those two nights at the former Wembley Arena in Robert London. Plant and Jimi Hendrix? I mean, Jimmy Page. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Jimmies. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, but tell oh. me. Tell me oh. Robert Plant and Jimi Hendrix wouldn't have been off the hook. <laughs> well, that'd be amazing, but now I have to share a story. My wife and I were dating, and um, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they had this exhibit with Janis Joplin's uh, Mercedes that she had painted. You know, it was painted all swirly, psychedelic. And we're looking at it, I'm like, wow, this is cool. My wife turns to me, she's like, do you think she comes back here to visit her car? (laughs) And I look at her, I'm like, well, probably Um, not. She's like, why not? not? She wouldn't want to visit her. I'm like, well, sweetheart, she's dead. Been dead for many years now, <laughs> and so that, that that's been like a running joke with us for like the last you know twenty years now. Oh, good, good, yes. Couples need stuff like that to stuff to look back and laugh and laugh on. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm kind of glad that you mentioned or that I inadvertently mentioned Jimi Hendrix and you called me out on this because I'm going to be bringing Jimi Hendrix up here kind of in a roundabout way very soon. My last idea that I would really like to see, and we can get two birds with one stone out of this, and, you know, we we were joking about Guar. Oh, yeah. But the main inspiration behind Guar was Alice Cooper. Oh, yes. I think, yeah, now you're not going to go on the Super Bowl and do the guillotine and, like, do some of the more... are you? I would love to see that. I would love to. And it's the same thing, like you said, Guar eviscerating, you know, whatever hosting city, their rival's coach and all that. Well, you could kind of do the same thing, you know, with... uh, with the rival coach's head in the guillotine. Oh, exactly. And all yeah. like this, there's so much that you can do with it. Chances are network television, yeah, they're gonna want they're gonna want the coop there to kind of scale it down a bit. 
and to be on the Super Bowl, that really, okay, I can understand why they they would kind of be accommodating. I think while middle America, Joe Average American, knows who Alice Cooper is, okay, might not know the majority of his catalog, but there are a few songs. No more, no more, Mister Nice Guy. I'm 18. Okay, those would definitely he would have to do those. But I think everyone knows the aura, knows the mystique, knows the character of Alice Cooper. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was and, on the Muppets for goodness. Oh sake. yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So. I think that would work. Now, with that, and we're kind of going to bring this conversation into the crazy, we're going to bring the crazy train into the station here. But um, with that, since Alice Cooper is doing the um, halftime show, why not tap Nita Strauss to do the national anthem like she's done? Oh, yeah. With that? At WrestleMania, a couple times, I believe, or a couple different WWF events and all that. Just have her go out there with her guitar, do the Star Spangled Banner, you know, which, whichever one they're going to do. I think that would work really well. Now, the majority of the people aren't really going to know who that is, but you make a point of announcing this is, excuse me, this is Alice Cooper's guitarist. And just the fact that she is a pretty woman, okay? Yeah, yeah. Is going you're to right. have is going to have people going, ooh, ah, not it's like really. The Dallas caring. Cowboy cheerleaders, right? Oh, th- dude, bang on, bang on. Like no one really gives a shit about their cheerleading abilities or whatever. They just had that that aura about them, okay? Like, and I've over the years, okay. I've seen Winnipeg Blue Bomber cheerleaders here from Winnipeg in the CFL. I've much prettier than the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders that I've seen. They just they just had the promotional machine behind them. And they had everyone believing that these were the most beautiful women in the world. And they were all hot. Okay. There's no such thing as an ugly cheerleader. Uh, you didn't go to my high school, dude. Well... <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> in the professional ranks, okay, sure. yeah, yeah, like, you, you could be, you could be the best pom-pom, have the best pom-poms, and do the best triple, triple flips, and, you know, cheer your little heart out, you could be the best cheerleader in the world, but, yeah, if you don't pass the very shallow view of what's pretty... Yeah, unfortunately, you're just not going to make it. Nita Strauss, though, a beautiful woman, amazing guitarist. Oh, she's a killer guitarist. Too. Absolutely killer. fantastic. So just the fact, like, if you introduce her properly, it would go over big time. I'm glad you brought up Jimmy. Okay, because one of the most famous sets of all time was Hendrix at Woodstock. Yeah. And he did... The Star Spangled Banner, right? Yeah. Or was it, you know, okay. He, he did. It was a thing. A huge thing. As a tribute to Mr. Hendrix, you get a guy maybe like Lenny Kravitz to kind of 
dress up like Hendrix, and he's really not that far off anyways. Okay, and as kind of a tribute to Hendrix, have him, have Lenny Kravitz come out to do the national anthem, the sparse, the Star Spangled Banner. I think that would go over as well, and it would be fantastic to see. As 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 music fans, I think we would both really dig that. Yeah. As music fans, I think most of us would enjoy any guitarist coming out to do it. Oh, for sure. You know. No, no, definitely, definitely. So when you said Nita Strauss, now you got me thinking, you know who'd be killer? And especially, again, also to do like the, the, the whole, like the whole King Caboodle, the national anthem, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lizzie Hale, Hailstorm. That would work. That would definitely work. I don't. I don't know if just hailstorm by themselves. Well, okay. have them on the bill with Alice. Oh yeah, yeah. You bring maybe uh, a show, and now, now, like my my notes are done. I'm just going off the top of of my head now. You have a a halftime show to celebrate the women in music. Oh, okay, dude. And you oh, just I, could, have, I could curate the hell out of that. That'd you have Joan Jett, you have Chrissy Hine, Aretha Franklin, like Aretha Franklin, and you have them all, all come out and do one song with a backing band. Oh, wow. And one of those bands, one of those members, you know, all all female, one of them being Lizzie Hale, that would be huge. Yeah. What's her name? Gloria Gaynor coming out and doing uh, I Will Survive? Yeah. People would be talking about a halftime show like that for years. That would be absolutely fantastic. Damn, we're good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit, this isn't hard. (laughs) This will be the next show that we pitch after we get the NFL to um, get Maiden to play because they're big football fans. (laughs) <laughs> that 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 is that is my I I plan on tweeting the NFL daily like hey get get Iron Maiden to play they're huge football fans <laughs> that's right that's right and you could probably convince someone in the NFL back offices to at least look into that oh yeah <laughs> and and then you call them up the next day <laughs> sucker. <laughs> definitely definitely i know um it's uh going to be a given that a band that will never play the super bowl although definitely they deserve it is this week's indie spotlight We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. For the last couple weeks now, unfortunately, the last couple episodes, we've kind of um, ran out of time, went into extra innings, went in overtime, whatever. We kind of had to put the indie spotlight aside but um we're going to make up for it now by going to shy town chicago oh chicago because i discovered 
this wicked and new band called Burned in Effigy. Their debut full-length record, Rex Mortem, is available now. So we're going to drop a track from B.I.E. This is Nightfall on tonight's Indie Spotlight. Facebook.com slash burned in effigy, E double F I G Y official, or just Bandcamp, burned in effigy.bandcamp.com. Probably my most visited website 
man. Like I said, there's just there's this time. There's just times I'm just gonna kick back, and I'll just peruse Bandcamp and just just to see what's out there. I'm always up for discovering new music. So I definitely recommend everyone do that. And while you're there, check out Chicago's Burned in Effigy. Well, my friend, another kick-ass episode. Once again, <laughs> you know, pulling the curtain back a bit. We had to reconnect a day later, but I definitely think it was worth it. These these topics are a lot of fun, and I know I know our listeners are getting behind them as well. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, Facebook.com slash Rab Metal. I don't think about that one. <clears throat> I normally don't leave with that one. Um, Instagram at Rab Metal 666. Drop us a line, gmail, radmetal666 at gmail.com. Radioactivemetal.org is where we put all the episodes. Plus, you can find us anywhere great podcasts are distributed, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, um, things we probably haven't even heard of yet because we just show up places. Just out of the blue, yeah. I'll just be be surfing the web, and all of a sudden, it's like Radioactive Metal available at this new aggregator it's like wow holy shit yeah um oh so speaking of that did you hear that yoko ono threatened to release new music if they didn't pull joe rogan off of spotify <laughs> that's right yeah yeah, I, yeah th- that yeah. one's in tough negotiations she might win uh-huh yeah no one wants that yeah <clears throat> yeah but anyway um so speaking of spotify thanks to the fine folks at shiningwizardsnetwork.com right we're a part of that um host of podcasts they've got great wrestling podcasts over there including one with a host that sounds like snowy called a wrestling night in canada mm-hmm. good looking guy yeah yeah handsome handsome dude but anyway um so thanks to them if you look for shining wizards network sorry i totally blanked shining wizards network um on spotify you'll also find us there so mm-hmm. yeah those are all the places you can find us right on right on once again thank you to the good folks at true Cavalt coffee and i'm going to take a second out because i know a lot of bands listen to this show as well if you're into the black metal the death metal the grind if you're into the more extreme metal you're going to want to get a hold of Coffee Bean Oculta at truecovaltcoffee.com because I want to hear your tunes because it's good incentive because how many bands have we played? How many indie spotlights? How many bands just in our metal fixes have we played through you know, their work with True Cavalt. It's been numerous. It's been numerous. And we want to hear your band through that avenue to get us on out of here. Let's drop a track from that aforementioned embryonic autopsy record, Prophecies of the Conjoined. This is the, well, first song, side one, regurgitated and reprocessed, courtesy or featuring the one and only Terrence Hobbs from Suffocation on that. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. 
This has been another super duper episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.